0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. In Israel, the Israeli army has a system where the boys come in at a young age, drafted to the army, and then after five years or so of service, they're given a year of hafesh. One year after five years of serving, of vacation. And at that point, on the cheshbon of the Medina and on the cheshbon of El Al, they are given a year off that they can fly anywhere in the world they want. They can go anywhere. And they literally give them a year's sabbatical of vacation to enjoy. Shema saw what happens in that year to these guys. Oy. Where do they go to? yai. Well, the more adventurous guys, they go out to Africa. They try to put their training into the jungles. Some of the less adventurous guys, they come to America because every Israeli wants to see Los Angeles. So they go everywhere. They come to America to Los Angeles. They go out, they go out to Thailand. They go out, they go out to Europe. I don't want to talk. It breaks my heart when I talk on this point. We lose so many guys in that year. It's a it's a a terrible thing. But many of them, believe it or not, go to India. And you want to believe where in India they go. They go to the monasteries of the monks in the mountaintops of India. Because many of these guys who weren't brought up religious, they're searching and looking for truth. And they heard that there's these monks that actually in India, the monasteries, they sit on the top of mountains with their legs crossed in a pretzel, which is very painful. And they put their fingers like so, and they, for hours, and they meditate and meditate. And wow, they must have something special to do that. They must have the truth. So when these Israeli soldiers heard that there are these monks in the monasteries in India, Many of them, blow your mind how many, actually fly out to India that year, and they spend the year in the mosques, in the the monasteries, I'm sorry, in the monasteries with the monks. What do they do? They come into the monastery, and they say, we want to embrace the truth of your religion. They bring them in. They shave their heads completely. So now they're completely bald. They give them that long silk outfit, because in the monastery of the monks, everyone dresses the exact same. And then they begin to teach them meditation, and they give them different times to go out to the mountaintops to overlook the beautiful scenery of India in the Indian mountains. And it's there that little by little, they start to pull them closer and closer to whatever they preach their religion is. And most of the time, they don't let them out. Rabbi Shlomo Kalbach, many years ago, he heard what was going on. He heard that there were so many Israelis that went out to the monasteries of these monks in India. He said to himself, I got to do something. I want to save these guys. How am I going to save them? How am I going to get them out of there? You know what he did? He flew out to India, and he went out to this mountain where the monasteries are of the monks. He climbed the mountain, and he came to that big iron door. You can imagine what these monasteries look like. And he pulled the bong. Bong. You ever see that? Bong. That's the front door, doorbells of monasteries. And then a little window opens up. Yes, can I help you? He says, I'm a rabbi from America. I am searching for the truth. I hear that you have the truth. I'd like to spend three days with you to try out your religion and see if it's more true than mine. They said, Rabbi, our biggest pleasure. They opened the door. Rabbi Kabach comes in. They said, Rabbi, for three days will allow you to stay here on a pass. After that, you have to embrace our religion. We're going to shave your head. We're going to shave your beard. Shave your peot, And we're going to give you a classical monkey monk silk robes. Okay, that's the deal. I'm here for three days on a pace. Now, Shlomo Kalbach comes into the monastery. The place was huge. There must have been over a thousand guys walking in and out. And no one talks. They simply had their hands in their sleeves, with their head on the floor, looking at the floor, walking back and forth, no talking, silence, says to himself, how in the world am I going to find the Israelis that are here? How am I going to get them? How am I going to get them out? He had worked out that in three days from then, there were going to be a few Israelis that he came with, with jeeps at the bottom of the mountain, that if he can pull guys out, they'll be able to... uh to save him, to take him back. How in the world is he going to do this? How, everyone looks exactly the same. They're all their head shaven with the same outfit. What is he going to do? He came up with a great idea. That first night that he was there, he was sitting in the corner and everyone in the room was just humming to themselves, talking to themselves, meditating. Shlomo Kabach pulls out his guitar and in the corner he starts stringing his guitar and he closes his eyes and he starts to sing. Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem All of a sudden, one guy picks up his head. Another guy from the other corner turns his head. What? Another guy in the other side of the room. He looks up as well. He sings it again. Shema Israel. But then he sings it louder. And then he sings it faster. And then he sings it faster. Shema Israel, Hashem All of a sudden, one guy gets up from one side. Another guy gets up from the other side. They all walk up to his corner and they sit down right in front of him. Before he knows it, Shomachabah opens his eyes. And there's 40 guys surrounding him in a style circle in the corner of the monastery of the monks. And they're crying like babies. And they're singing with their hearts. Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem They're crying. What happened? You were meditating for nine months at the top of mountaintops. One Shema Israel. That's all it took. Because when you have the truth, you don't need anything else. They turned to these guys and he told them, Hevre, Tishma Utov, tonight. I'm gonna get you out. I'm gonna wake you up in the middle of the night. Ishli, gp my got guys on the bottom. Take us out. I'm gonna bring you home where you belong. And they all agreed. Do you know how I know this story? You know, a lot of times people say, Rabbi do me a favor. Where do you get your stories from? Did you tell me, I mean, did you make them up? No, I don't make them up. I couldn't make up the story for my life, depended on it. Where do you get your stories from? I want to tell you. I'm going to do this only once because if I have to tell you every time where I get a story from, I'll never give a class. Let this be the one that clears the air, okay? Okay? My guys, three years ago, here in the shul, decided... We've been talking since they were 16. Now, they're not out there yeah, in their 30s. But since they were 16, we were talking about me and them going on a jewel trip to Israel for two weeks, and I promised them to take them to every Gadol, to all the Kvarim, to all the amazing sites of Israel and the Dead Sea, you name it. That was the deal. We're going to spend the Shabbat together in Jerusalem by the Kotel. That was the deal. We spoke about this for years. And time came, and time went, and they got married, and they got heavy, and they have kids now, just like me. But three years ago, it actually, the dream that we talked about for so long happened. And we went with just the guys, 20 guys. And we spent, in that July, I'll never forget, this was a trip. Ladies, I can give you t- 10 what It was unbelievable what a trip it was. It was beyond the nature of this world, this trip. It was literally, everything we did was beyond belief. It was like God opening doors every inch of the country we went to in ways that we didn't believe. And then Friday night, we were there by the hotel together. We had one of the Hamras as the Hazan singing by the wall. We had the guys with their eyes closed, singing their hearts out. came We went arm in arm with all the soldiers that showed up. We were dancing with the soldiers as the guys were singing together. There, was, there wasn't there was a dry eye in the house. This was a memory that none of the guys will forget. And after tefillah, we went back to the rova HaYehudi, to the Jewish quarter, to eat Friday night meal. We rented a rooftop of one of the local houses that looked right over at the hotel, And that was going to be our Friday night meal. We came to this house, and we walked up some three, four flights. And literally, when we walked out to the rooftop, we... We were so close looking over the Kotel, we were able to reach out and touch it practically. That was our Friday night meal. Zmirot, looking at the Kotel, singing. It was not normal. And then the balabayit of the house, the one who rented us the roof, comes up for dessert. He brings a plate of cake with him. And he says, hi, guys. Where are you all from? Now, we look at this guy. What? We don't think I was an Israeli. I mean, we had no idea. He was talking with a Brooklyn accent. Where are you all from? I always say, we're from Brooklyn, isn't it? There's always one guy that says, I'm from Sham, you know. But anyways, we we went around the whole room. Finally, with the Brooklyn accent, he says, so guys, how do you love it here in Israel? He says, oh, we love it. If our wife and kids weren't back home, we would stay. He says, oh, you have no idea how many people told me that. He says, I want to tell you my story. And he looks at us and he says to us, I was an Israeli soldier. I came to Israel looking for roots. I didn't know where to look. I wasn't religious. And I went into the Israeli army after five years. My quadrant of friends decided they're taking a year off, Israel flies you anywhere. I went with them to India. I went to a a monastery with the monks. And I sat there for nine months. And I said to myself, I found the truth. I'm staying here forever. Goodbye, Israel, and goodbye, Judaism. And this guy, Chaim David, my name as well, I couldn't believe it. He says, I want you to know one night. This rabbi comes walking into the monastery of the monks. He had long hair with a long pail and a long beard. And all he walked in was jeans, a t-shirt, and a guitar. And we said, wow, that's a funny looking rabbi. No one would talk to him because you're not allowed to talk to anybody in the monastery. You just walk around and all the time. He says, that night the rabbi sat in the corner of the room. And while everyone was meditating, he pulled out his guitar and he began to sing. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu. He says, those words, me like lightning bolts. I started to palpitate. I didn't hear Shema Yisrael since my bar mitzvah. He says, something overtook took me. My heart started to beat and race. I said to myself, what am I doing? I looked at myself with my head bolded in silk long monk clothing. And I said, what am I joking? I had the truth inside of me all along. I broke down crying. I jumped up. I ran to that rabbi. I wanted to hug him. They were watching me. So I had to be very subtle. I sat down with another 30, 40 guys. We all looked at each other. And we were all the Israelis and the Jews that all came running to the cry and the call of Shema Yisrael, to the truth. The more he sang, the more we cried. Guys, I want to tell you the end of this story he told us. That night, the rabbi came around waking us up. He didn't have to wake us up. Nobody was sleeping. We were humming, but not the humming of the monks. We were humming Shema Israel in our beds the entire night, waiting for him to call us. We got up in the middle of the night, and very quietly we tiptoed out of the monastery. We went barefoot down the mountain. And there were a bunch of Israelis there with trucks and jeeps. We all jumped in and we screamed to them, Baita Take us out, get us out of here, take us home. What happened to us? How did they get into our heads like this? How did they get into our bones like this? How did they get us like this? The goyim. How did they get us? We have the truth. We have the light. We have the menorah. We call Yisrael. Shema Yisrael. And that's how I came back to Israel. And I stuck with that rabbi. And I became religious. And he married me. And my sons and son-in-laws are in Yeshivot and Kolel today you Imagine if I would have remained the monk. That's where I got this story from, right from the mouth of the monkey himself. And that's who we are, the keepers of the truth, the people of the light. Thank you for listening. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org.